It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again. Matt Hausman, your host for the Smart Money Questions podcast. Hope you guys are doing great. Can you believe it? Labor Day is already past us. That means summer is past us. Up here in the Northeast, in the Philadelphia metro area, we can already start to feel at least the last week, week and a half has been a little cooler, a little less humid compared to what it was just three or four weeks ago. Hard to believe this. Our youngest, her first day of school was right after Labor Day. Can't believe it. She's going to be a senior in high school. And you're not going to believe this. Listen to the next year that we have. So everyone knows, you know, Maggie and I have three kids, his, hers, and ours. And all of them will be graduating high school or college over the course of the next year. So our youngest is going to be graduating from high school. Our oldest, he's going to be graduating in the spring from college. And our middle is actually graduating this fall from college. That is going to be a lot of graduation gifts that they're going to be expecting. (laughs) And here's the, I was talking to my mom the other day and it was so funny because she was like, yeah, all of my grandkids are graduating something over the course of the last year. And I was like, what? So my niece is going to be graduating vet school in the spring. She just recently got married and her husband is going to be graduating med school in the spring. So, you know, my mom, she was like, yeah, I go, mom, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of the graduation gifts. (laughs) (laughs) So time just keeps flying. I remember when all of them, except for my niece's husband, were knee high to a grasshopper. Isn't that what they say? Listen, I am excited to go over today's podcast because tonight, as I'm recording this, I'm actually going to be speaking and going over an event just geared towards women. It's retirement planning for women. So everyone in the group is going to be women. They could be married. They could be divorced. They could be single. But this content, as I was putting it together, really resonated as as I started to think back about certain situations in my personal life with my immediate family and my grandparents and how important it is to make sure that we as guys, because the reality is this, with a lot of the clients that we meet that are married, The guys are taking care of the finances. Many times I'll even hear from them, my wife doesn't want anything to do with this. She won't come to the meetings. And I always encourage them to come because statistically, this is rubber meets the road, guys. Statistically, we go first. And studies are showing now that women on average are going to live five years longer than their deceased spouse. So it's so important to make sure that both parties are included in the planning process, in the ongoing meetings, to be able to understand conceptually. And by the way, I've got the flip too, where I've got the in the marriage that the women are the ones in charge of the finances and the guys don't want any part of it. And that's pretty common. But I always encourage both parties to be involved, at least understanding conceptually. For the one that isn't in there really paying attention to all the details, they still understand conceptually what's going on. And so I'm putting that information together and I'm realizing, you know, this is something that needs to be talked about. Many times I think that, you know, a rubber meets the road conversation or something that is a little uncomfortable in our industry, we don't go over. So I'm going to go over that today. And then I had another question that came in very similar to something I talked about. I sent a video out about this about two months ago, and that is understanding potential tax consequences when we start selling real estate. So first, let's deal with the disclaimer. I don't know you. Well, you know, I might know you, but there's probably a good chance that I don't know you. So therefore, please, please, please 
Do not take what I discuss on this show as direct advice for you. Treat it more as information and education that then you should discuss with your advisor, attorney, CPA, or whoever you normally seek out counsel, if you do seek out counsel. Now, if you would like for me or us to be your advisor, we can certainly have that conversation. But I caution you that normally we only take on about 50% of those that do seek us out. And it's not because we are overly selective. We just feel very strongly that there's a right reason to hire an advisor, but there's also a wrong reason to hire an advisor. So if you'd like to seek us out and have that conversation, there are multiple ways that you can do that. Probably the easiest is to call my office at 610-719-3003. That's 610-719-3003. Or you can simply go to speakwithmatt.com. And either way you go, you can schedule a time for us to meet or to simply speak. And if you're not in the metro Philly area or northern Delaware, not to worry. We actually have clients in 10 states, and we're very comfortable with working with clients virtually if that's something you are interested in. Okay, let's jump back into it. Listen, before I go through this today, I want to make sure that everyone knows, because I realize that I don't talk about this until the end of the podcast, but if you have a situation or a scenario or a question that you want us to address, make sure just you can email us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com. You can go to smartmoneyquestions.com and you can go right there and there is a place that you can submit that question or simply pick the phone up and give us a call 610-719-3003. That's six. 1-0-7-1-9-3-0-0-3. Okay, so first let's jump into this. This actually came to me from Lonnie down in uh, DC. And it says, I've been planning to sell some investment property to do some different investing for retirement, but I just discovered how much tax I'll owe because of the increase in the property value since I bought it. Should I just hold on to it? So Lonnie, thank goodness that you were proactive in contacting either your CPA or doing some research on your own to know that that tax event was going to happen. Many times I've had people that didn't do that. So they didn't understand that that tax bill was coming. And so what we want to realize in an investment property or a second home or even a vacation home is if it's not the primary home, we potentially are going to have tax issues. We want to make sure that we know what those are. So to answer your question, should I hold on to it? Well, Lonnie, what I would say is, first of all, what type of property is it now? Is it a rental, a vacation, or a second home? If it's a rental and it's already providing you with positive cash flow, well, maybe that's a reason to keep it. But then whether it's a vacation home or a second home, you said you're looking to do different investing for retirement. And so my question would be, do you need the money now? And if you're looking to invest it, where are you looking to invest it? If we're going to have a tax consequence, wherever you're going to invest it, how soon are you going to recover that tax cost? Are you putting it someplace now as an investment where it's going to be tax efficient, where you're not going to have an ongoing tax bill or wherever it's going to be, maybe it's like a real estate ownership where I own a property as it increases in value, I'm not paying capital gain tax on that increase until I look to do what you're doing, which is selling. I'm so glad that you did that, where you went and you looked and you're recognizing now that there's going to be a tax event. Now you're addressing the second question. Should I just keep it? Should I sell it? There's a couple other things you want to look at. Do I need the money now? Where am I going to invest it? What's that investment potentially going to produce when it comes to taxation on the gains? Because obviously this real estate property sounds like it's on the outside. It's an 
investment property, not inside some type of a qualified retirement plan. But so you're going to have wherever you're going to invest it, what is that taxation going to look like? Then if it's not a situation that you have to do now and it's a rental, or even if it's a vacation or second home and it's not a rental, maybe what we look to do is we look to turn it into a rental. Does it have that potential? And now you have turned that real estate investment. If it was just a second home or a vacation home, now you have switched the investment type to be a rental or an income producing property. You know, I would answer those questions before I would give you an answer on exactly what direction to go. So again, is it a vacation or second home? Should I turn it into a rental? Do I need the money now? Where am I going to be investing it? How fast can I recover the tax costs that I'm going to have? Because you know, you're really not going to be flush on selling that until you recapture the tax costs. And then what's the ongoing taxation going to look like for that new investment? So Lonnie, a great question. I get those a lot. We have many clients that are invested in real estate and I'm always encouraging them. Listen, when we look to liquidate, I was talking, actually had lunch with a client the other day, one of the clients we have that has a very large investment in real estate portfolio. And we're in the process of liquidating and we're staging it over the course of, you know, two, three, four, depending on how many they decide to do, could be up to five years to look to mitigate what that tax. We already recognize there's going to be a tax. We're just looking to potentially mitigate it and do it over a couple of tax years. So Lonnie, great question. And hopefully that is going to give you some answers. I would go back and, you know, especially if you're going to look to a rental, go back and talk to your CPA on what that's going to look like for you. So let's jump into the other one. Let me kind of describe a couple things that have happened in my personal life, which is why I decided I really wanted to go out and do this workshop tonight is uh, on my dad's side, my parents were still in Florida. And my parents, both of them, grew up in Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. And my dad's parents were still living up there, actually in the home that he grew up in. And what ended up happening was my grandfather passed away, early 70s, about 71. And then my grandmother lived another six, almost seven years. Now, during their, you know, their married life is my grandfather had taken care of all of the finances, everything. And he was an Armco steel worker, had a pension, made his own choice on the pension made his own decision on when they were going to take Social Security. All of those type of things were done. My grandmother was never really involved, didn't want to be involved. It was what I described earlier was she was taking part of other parts of the marriage and the family life. And when he passed away, and my dad is now still down in Florida and trying to fly up and help her with different things, she ended up making very poor financial decisions over the course of the next six years that really she lost a lot of money. They were very poor investment decisions. Some of them even turned into credit obligations that after she passed away, I had to help my father clear title on the home that she had. And so the stats are this, and this is such a big part. And I remember a client talking to me about this about six years ago, is getting his wife engaged because he was already being proactive and planning planning the fact that he's been doing this his whole life. More than likely, statistically, he's going to go first and he wants to make sure that she is involved and that she's got someone that can carry through with the planning that they did together. But here are the stats. 90% of all women eventually will be in sole charges of the household finances. 90%. Of course, that encompasses all women, even single women, and then those that are divorced and, of course, married and their spouse dies. But here's the other staggering thing. 20% of women feel well-prepared 
to make wise financial decisions. And what I'm hoping to do tonight, and no pun intended, but smart money questions is to get people recognizing that this is something that needs to be discussed to talk about, even though it might be uncomfortable. On average, women are going to live five years longer than men. If I think about my mom's situation, my dad has been gone since the end of 2011. And so she has lived, what is that? That's It's coming up on eight years beyond my dad. She always comments, you know, she kind of has a crutch. She falls back on me, you know, but in many cases, people don't have that. And so what we're discussing tonight and what I'm going over and wanting to get, making sure that, especially if you're married, is you're planning for the surviving spouse. And even though that might be 10, 15, 20, 25 years away, you're still discussing it. It's still something that is talked about. We're going to be talking about understanding social security survival survivorship planning, pension planning. You know, my grandfather, when he made the decision for his Armco Steel pension, you know, he didn't look at what all the options were. They say that on average, because we know we're going to lose some Social Security income. In many cases, the pension, if we only chose a 50% survivor, between those two, you can end up seeing 35, 40, 45%, sometimes 50% of the household income that was coming in gone. And I can tell you firsthand when my dad passed is that the expenses don't go down 50%. You know, so understand in that income planning that we're also planning for the surviving spouse. The other thing that's real important is to understand estate and legacy planning and working together. So you've heard me talk in the past about the legal documents that you want to have in place. But the other thing that you want to always remember and go back to is when we have certain life-changing events happen. We want to have wills. We want to have power of attorneys. I always suggest this too, is we don't just want to have one person on that power of attorney. We want to have successor agents already in place. So I'll give an example with my parents, both of them. My mom was for my dad. My dad was for my mom. Then because my sister is still down in Florida, my sister was the successor agent. I was the third in charge. We want to have that stuff already put in place, right? Then we want to look at having a living will, medical directive, and possibly a trust. And when you're looking at this, my suggestion is, is that you're working with an estate attorney. If you have an advisor, the advisor is also working with the estate attorney for the assets that they are managing, making sure that as you get those documents prepared and done, then it's not fully complete, especially if you go the trust route, until you start implementing and changing the various accounts, whether you're going to put them in the name of the trust, whether the trust becomes the beneficiary, all of those things have to be done. I can't tell you how many times people have come into our office. And one of the things we always want to see is, do you have your legal documents done? And they do. But then I say, okay, so they have a trust. Have you funded the trust yet? And they look at me, what are you talking about? The attorney never talked to us about this. This is why the advisor needs to be directly working with the estate attorney to make sure it's fully process through. You know, you got this big, beautiful leather binder that you paid the attorney for, but then it's worthless because nothing else happened on the back end. And then as things happen in life, things change, is that you're going back and you're monitoring that maybe your kids get married. And so then you want to change things within the will or within the trust. You end up having grandkids you know, those type of things you want to go back and you want to be addressing that within your legal documents. And then this one, you know, I met with a woman today and had a great conversation with her. And I had met with her about three or four weeks ago. And I said something to her then, and it was the very first thing that she brought up to me. And you guys have heard me talk about this numerous, numerous, numerous times. And that is understanding the importance of beneficiary forms on your financial assets. 
What are the financial assets I'm talking about? You know, bank accounts, savings, checking, money market accounts, brokerage accounts, life insurance, annuities, investment accounts. Essentially, your entire financial spendable world, there's no place on a real estate deed for a beneficiary. There's no place on a car title deed for a beneficiary, but all of your other assets, you want to make sure that you have addressed. And then again, as life events change, we're going back and addressing this. And now when we talk about the surviving spouse, in some cases, you won't have to, the surviving spouse won't have to make any other changes if we are doing those changes year over year as different life events happen. The other thing I would suggest, and now women, I'm talking to you, is if your husband is the one that is taking care of all of the finances, I would highly encourage you to get involved in that process. When your husband goes to meet with the advisor, I would suggest that you are going as well because financial planning, investment management, tax planning, estate planning is an ongoing process. And just like what she said to me today, and I had another woman that came in with her boyfriend at the first part of the week, and both of them said the same thing, is that they've been going back to the podcast here. The one that came in on Monday, she goes, I think I've listened to 25 of your shows. And just the repetition of what you are going through is now giving me more comfort to really grab a hold of my finance. Now, she's divorced and now she's got a boyfriend, but she's like, you know, I've never really jumped into looking at this stuff because quite frankly, and I understand it, it's fearful. You know, you guys don't do this every day like I do, and you probably never want to know it like I do. But at least if you go through the process, and that's what she also said today, is going through the process, the more you hear it, the more comfortable you will be with it. So if you are married, I would so encourage you. I don't want anyone to go through and make those mistakes that my grandmother made because I can only imagine what she felt like after she realized she had made those poor financial decisions. And so get engaged with that. Repetition is the, what do they say? Repetition is the mother of perfection. We're never going to get to perfection, but the repetition is going to help us further understand and get involved in that planning and have those sometimes uncomfortable or difficult conversations. And if we're doing that consistently year over year over year, and if we look at retirement, or let's say you're not even retired yet, let's say you're five to seven years from retirement, you know, this could be an ongoing process for 25 years. It doesn't stop. But as those life events happen, you know, kids get married, grandkids come into picture, maybe we buy a second home in a different state, all of those things, you know, we have moving pieces, moving variables. We are still keeping things together to where whoever the surviving spouse is, and if they they have been involved in the process. When we're dealing at that point in time with many emotional issues, trust me, I know it's there, is that we're not also now worried about the financial, what am I supposed to do financially because you've been involved in that process. So, you know, I'm going to make sure that we have some of the downloads that I'm including for today. I think they're really good. It's just different articles that have been in Market Watch, CNBC, that really go to this idea of making sure that the surviving spouse, statistically speaking, most of the time, it's going to be women. And that if you're not the one in charge of the finances, or even if you're single and you're fearful, or you're divorced and it's not, you're uncomfortable with that because you've never had to grab a hold of that, is that going through that process and becoming more and more comfortable and familiar with the whole process and where my money is and how is it going to work for me and what's the taxes I'm going to owe. You start to understand the right questions to ask and to get answered. You know, I, you guys have heard me say this a million times. I had a mentor tell me this, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, and that is we get where we are in life based on the questions we ask. 
The key is asking the right questions. Going through this process will consistently help us ask the right questions. So listen, that's all I've got for today. I hope this has been valuable. This is, I think, really important for people. Please, you know, don't just talk about it. Don't just listen it. What's the Nike slogan? Just do it. Just go out there and make make it happen. You know, I was speaking of make it happen. That's a quote that I always say to the kids and my friends. All right, let's go make it happen. And I was playing, we were playing pool volleyball and it was uh, Madison and I, she's my middle daughter and we were playing uh ryan and and maggie and turned around and i looked at her and we were down i don't know four or five points and i said all right come on let's make it happen and she looked at uh <laughs> she looked at ryan and maggie and she goes oh no when dad says that it's time to get serious <laughs> so that being said recognize let's make this happen this is very serious so listen that as i said that's all i've got today i hope you have found it valuable and please go back and listen to this a couple of times so but let me end it with this so if you have uh, again a question a concern a scenario or you just want to give us a call you want to come in and talk to us you can do that at 610-719-3003 you can email us at info at smartmoneyquestions.com or simply go to the website smartmoneyquestions.com com. There is a form there. All you got to do is fill it out. It comes right into us and we'll make sure that, uh, that we address that on an upcoming show. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got. Hope everyone is going to enjoy the fall. Thank goodness it's football season. Everyone have a great one. Take care.